I want me some glory hope. Yeah! Hello and welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Sevis, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Ooh, Bo Sevis, here we go. Well, buddy. There's no way around it at this point. This season has been fucking terrible for us. We have sucked. And although there is still time to turn it around and make it much less sucky, and I and I truly believe we will, it still has been bad. And we don't run away from the bad here at FGH. Our integrity is too strong for that. And unlike, also, unlike the lady in the White House, we cannot suck our way to the top so i promise you i guarantee (laughs) i guarantee you seekers that we will finish strong and we will get this turned around and if we don't i guess we can call kamala and get a professional suck artist in here to help us out bo cephas i think if i had to guess that her advice to us would be to just take it one wiener mean winner at a time now whether you are here for the funny it's a quest for fun i'm gonna have fun and you're gonna have fun we're all gonna have so much fucking fun we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles you'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes or you are here for the money anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any they say money can't buy happiness look at the fucking smile on my face ear to ear baby you have come to the right place Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. My apologies, Mr. President. I'll do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Animus Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly monthly and yearly packages to fit your needs go to our website footballgloryhole.com and it's up for those free picks premium picks and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way the winning way the football glory hole way y'all know the drill by now we will make you laugh (laughs) we will make you cringe holy santa claus shit but most of all baby we will make you a shit ton of money Love that money. Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast. Bo Cephas, as always, right here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show, my friend. Tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting, cold beer hip choice of the week. 
Well, thank you, much, sir. Sir, tonight I am drinking a Shiner Cheer from Shiner mm. Brewery in Shiner, Texas. 4.25 stars out of 5. Fantastic beer. And tonight we're going to continue to spread the holiday cheer. It was March towards Christmas. And we're going to tell the real story of the two different Christmases, Longhorn. The mm. religious and the secular. So... Mm. When Christmas was first invented, there was already a holiday going on, and we'll get into that in future episodes, but long story short, people were already partying, and the religious crowd did not like it. Those stuffy old fucks were like, hey, I know you've been partying on this day since the beginning of time, but uh, we decided now this is Jesus' birthday, and y'all gotta tone it down. And the secular crowd was like, uh, nah... We've been doing this shit for thousands of years, and now, you know, because a baby moon walked across a, a lake, we can't have a fucking beer and sing songs? Ah, go fuck yourselves. Mm -mm. So, the Puritans in England canceled Christmas in 1645, and if you're like my buddy Longhorn, you're probably thinking, that wouldn't happen in America. Mm -hmm. Well, you're fucking wrong. The pilgrims, quote-unquote, did not allow Christmas in America either. And in fact... Christmas is outlawed from 1659 to 1681 in the city of Boston, and anyone exhibiting the Christmas spirit will be fined five shillings on the fucking spot. But thankfully for all of us, the true patriots in this country, who turned out to be the CEOs of Coke and Budweiser, came along and got behind the whole deal, and now we all get to get together, and we get to get drunk with Jesus Every single year, and this is really my favorite fucking holiday. Merry Christmas, baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I don't know what those pilgrims are doing, but around here in America, these parts, we celebrate Jesus, and we get drunk, so we can do both. That's because you're a true rebel, sir. You're not one of those goddamn heathen fucking pilgrims. <laughs> anyway, we're going to go over the podcast now. We're going to go over the good, the bad, and the are you fucking... Anyway, we're going to get yes. out free picks to get you paid as always. But right now, we got to get paid. And to do that, here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by WifeBeGone.com. Do you want your wife gone? If the answer is yes, then WifeBeGone.com is for you. It doesn't matter what your reasons are. Maybe she's bitching too much. Maybe she's talking on the goddamn phone all the time to her stupid-ass friends or her annoying sister. Or maybe she's banging Bill from down the street. You know Bill. That handsome mustachioed man that's always mowing the lawn with his fucking shirt off. All the birds in the neighborhood are always watching him out of their windows and fantasizing about slamming up and down on his love stump. What do you do? You call our friends a Wifey Gone, that's what you fucking do. Wifey Gone is a flat fee wife reading service that only has one rule. They don't ask why, and you don't ask how. So whether your spouse is playing a game of Womb Raider with your neighbor's vagina miner, or she's just getting on your fucking nerves, Visit wifebegone.com and put an R code word glory hole and get 10% off your first wife exodus. That's wifebegone.com, code word glory hole for 10% off their services one more time. Wifebegone.com, code word glory hole. Jesus Christ, Longhorn, uh, if there was ever a sponsor that you have taken advantage of <laughs> uh, multiple times, I mean, I okay. think that you are a platinum gold member at this mm -hmm. point. Would be mm -hmm. wife be gone. I think you're up to a baker's dozen. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, if there was like, do they have like one of those services like national where you just get to 
walk out and pick your divorce lawyer. Like you don't even have to wait in line and you just fucking grab the guy and go. Like there's no, you don't even have to go to the counter, right? At this point. Uh, yeah, I guess you could say I'm a, I'm a VIP at the, uh, get rid of the, <laughs> get rid of the woman clinic over there. Um, you know, but I gotta tell you, you know, sometimes when the winter nights get a little cold and lonely, I might, I, I might need to call one of those wife appear services and, bring some of them back sometimes put them on a rotation maybe i don't know because you know winter is coming no you gotta call we what was that one sponsor we had amahor i think that was i think that's the number you're looking for don't don't call the wife up here the amahor i think so you just want me to keep so basically you just want me to keep bringing in the whores and then get marry them and get rid of them whore marry get rid of them whore marry use this is the cycle you this is what you want for longhorn I mean, it's working so far. I, don't, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, baby. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I will oblige, I guess. And now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fucking great. That's just fucking great. The bad. Is this bad? Is this bad? Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it, are you fucking with me? Alright, Longhorn, as always, we start off with the good, and the good last week was fucking me! Won a Survivor Contest, Longhorn. Won that motherfucker, and despite all your terrible fucking advice that I ignored all year long, Mm -hmm. happy to win, and was the only contestant in that contest with zero strikes, no rebuys, won that motherfucker outright. Thank you very much to the Miami Dolphins for beating those shitty giants, and thank you, sweet, blue-eyed, blonde-haired baby Jesus. For Jared Goff throwing that goddamn touchdown pass last second to beat the Vikings. Both guys that already had a strike were on the Vikings. Oh, was that? I mean, I thought I won the fucking Super Bowl when they scored that fucking touchdown. Holy shit. Yeah, I hope you save some of that for next year when we sign up for the Survivor at either Circa or Westgate or wherever we end up doing the the thing, the big one in Vegas, because... Uh, that, sir, will be life-changing money. Yeah, quite a little bit more than uh, what I won in that one. But anyway, we're going to move over to the bad, and the bad last week was uh, us. Uh, we're officially on a bad streak, and you know what? I'm over being pissed about it. I'm over being apathetic about it. And I just had to remind myself that we are really fucking good at this. We've been doing it for a long time, and, uh, you know, we don't lose, so we will start winning again. We will come out again with a winning year this year as we always do but man uh when you're in the middle of it it, it's it's hard to fucking stay the course but as we've learned over the years it's the only way to fucking pull out of them because if you start fucking second guessing yourself and start deviating from what your system says that's when you get yourself in real bad trouble so uh it's bad right now but you know what like you said we have integrity we tell on ourselves and we also will pull ourselves up from the bootstraps and fucking rise like a phoenix. Sir, AOC 
explained it. It's literally impossible to actually pull yourself up from your bootstrap. So come on. <laughs> be, be realistic with the people. <laughs> oh, man. I love that sweet titted dumbass whore. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we're moving on to the Are You Fucking Kidding Me? And that this week belongs to Western Kentucky. Oh, we had a minus two and a half in the Conference USA Championship game against UTSA. You know what? I gave him a free pick. I told you guys that my boy Bailey motherfucking Zappy was going to go off. Not say he did okay. He threw for 577 fucking yards and four goddamn touchdowns. But Western, Western Kentucky dropped a wide open touchdown. They snapped the ball over Zappy's head on first and goal from the one all the way back to the 30. Impressive fucking snap there. And again, later in the red zone, did the same thing, took them out of field goal range, and they also muffed the punt at their own 10. To put this game into perspective how bad of a loss it was, Longhorn, U-Law Law had the second worst post-game expected win percentage, which what that means is after the game's over, they look at all the plays that were graded, and basically your composite score of what, how, what your percentage was to win the game overall Ulala was second worst in the weekend to actually win a game at 75%. So that means three out of every four times they win the game. That's not outrageous, right? Well, UTSA had a post-game expected win percentage of 38%. They were the worst. Ulala was second worst, 75. These guys at 38. Which means that six times out of every fucking ten they play that game, we fucking win it. Bottom line is, we were on the right side, but somehow we found a fucking way to lose. It is the story of our 2021, really. You know, we pick good picks, they lose. We make shitty picks, they lose. And sometimes, like this one, we make slam fucking dunk picks that should win 60% of the goddamn time, and they still fucking lose! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time! Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Stay f***ing calm! What do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby! All right, Longhorn, it's time to go over all those games in, in the NFL in the air tonight, and we're going to start in Kansas City. Those Chiefs mm. are laying nine and a half again, this time to <laughs> our Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, uh, well, I don't like the Raiders. You can have them, but um, at least not this year. Maybe <laughs> next year I'll be back on Maybe I'll be back on board next year, but honestly, this this handicap I could have wrote in my sleep. Uh, this is probably the easiest write-up of the week. Nothing Kansas City did last week uh, would would change my opinion on them. If you watch that game, we obviously had Denver plus, I think, what was nine and a half. And 
it literally took everything that Teddy Bridgewater could do or could not do for us to not get that cover. I mean, this is this is just a copy and paste. Basically the same line, same situation. I don't think Carr's going to fuck up like uh, Bridgewater did. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an easy call, 100%. Take the points. Uh, Kansas City is just, it's, you know, they are getting better on defense. That's been noticeable over the last, um, you know, handful of games. And there's some things you can point to that, that are the reasons. They're not fixing the offense. It's, it's apparently not going to fix this year. They have no running game. They don't even, I mean, they attempt to try more than they have, than they did at the beginning of the year. But the quarterback is still turning the ball over. The offensive line is still not right completely. So, yeah, this is this was an easy one, you know. Take the points, and most of the time, unless Teddy Bridgewater is fucking it up in the red zone four times uh, out of five, then you're gonna you're gonna get an easy cover here. Yeah, the numbers agree with you, and we got the bounce back theory. So, uh, which was four and one last week, which again is teams that covered the week before versus teams that did not cover. The teams that did not cover, winning at seventy percent ATS the next week. Mm-hmm. So we got that here now. If Waller plays in this game, uh, I think this is a slam dunk. If he doesn't, it still can be dicey to me because that is the guy that kind of makes this offense go. Las Vegas does not really score the ball efficiently without him in the lineup. Um, And like you said, Kansas City defense has improved, but it's still very much bottom third in the league. And it's improved to wild carrying quarterback who, quite frankly, is playing below average NFL football. But back to the defense, first seven games of the season, they were horrible. And they played, they were actually dead last, they played on average the 14th DVOA offenses. Now the last four games, not counting Green Bay because Rodgers was out that game, that's not fair to put in the numbers, they played the 17th ranked DVOA offenses. And they went from 32nd DVOA to 25th by playing below average NFL offenses. So I am buying so this new and improved Kansas City's defense, but on a very, very big discount. They've gotten better, but they are not improved versus teams that can actually score the football. Las Vegas is a 17th ranked DVOA offense. So again, this is right in Kansas City's wheelhouse on what they can cover against. And the Raiders are far far from full strength. I want to go Las Vegas with you, but I don't know. The Waller thing has me a little bit shook on it. But you've got you've got the right idea. You've got the numbers on your side. I mean, Las Vegas is a higher ranked team in our power ranks than than Denver. So there's no reason why we shouldn't be on it. It's just the Waller mm-hmm. factor is the only thing that's got me a little bit shook on it. Yeah, hey, you just gotta you just gotta take these games in the NFL. It's just you just have to. You got to fucking take them. All right, we're moving on to those New York J E T S Jets, 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 and they're hosting the New Holland Saints, and they are five and a half point consensus road dogs. Hmm, down to five and a half, and that's kind of the same, uh, you know. Like, when I saw that line at six, I was like, excuse me, who in the hell is New Orleans to be laying six points on the road? Uh, 
you know, if it, whether it's Taysom Hill and his banged up finger or it's, you know, semen out there just, just blowing it all over the place, I mean, I don't really care. <laughs> you know, the <clears throat> the coach for the coach for the Jets, Sala, and this is a theme going forward because we're getting that part of the year where you're going to see quit setting in and you just can't take some of these teams because they're showing obvious quit. But I'm not seeing that from the Jets. You know, they suck. Don't get me wrong, but they're trying. So as long as you're trying and you're catching points like this at home against a team that I don't think is very good. And and uh, let's see, let me where are the standings at these days in that division. Yeah, they're they're five and seven. <laughs> they're tied with Atlanta at the bottom of that division. Uh, just things aren't going right. So yeah, of course I'm on the Jets and the points here. I'm not gonna hit the Sounder because honestly the the trenches are just too good for New Orleans on both sides. Um, to of course they are missing a couple of players on that offensive line. So you know, bottom line, without overthinking it, I'm, I'm trying to think if I want to hit the Sounder is what I'm doing, but I don't think I want to get that crazy. Um, so let me just stick with taking the points with the Jets and cross your fingers that that fucking babyface Wilson doesn't fuck it up, doesn't fuck it up out there. Yeah. So the Jets have only covered three times all year. Hmm. They're three and nine ATS, but all three of their covers have been all three of their fucking wins. And we've had two of those. <laughs> the problem is, you know, other, other than that, they get blown the fuck out. They've been a dog in every single game. They will be a dog in every single game until they play Jacksonville the day after Christmas. But they were just home dogs to Philly by five. And Philly is a one and a half point better than New Orleans in our power rankings. So this should be a smash play on the Jets, no doubt about it. The only thing holding me back is New Orleans knows they have to win this game to stay in the playoff race. And the Jets, other than the saving face, don't have a lot of motivation. And the fact that only Jets wins... And covers have come against all three teams with a below average defense in DVOA. And New Orleans is the fifth ranked defense in DVOA. I cannot pound the table for the Jets here. But the value in the numbers do line up to be a play on the Jets for sure. Okay. All right, moving on. Those Cincinnati Bengals. Boy, they fucking laid an egg at home. But they're back at home. And now... They're one-and-a-half-point home dogs to San Francisco. Cincinnati, you said. Let me see. Where did I put them on here? They are way down here. Um, oh, yeah. This is a this is a gross game. What, what's the consensus number again right now? They're, Cincinnati is plus one-and-a-half now. What did it open at? Minus one Cincinnati. It's moved two-and-a-half points. Oh, man. Okay, so, yeah, this is just a numbers game to me. Like, I don't, I didn't find much advantage on either side digging into it. There's tons of injury concerns in this game on both sides. Um, so, it's it's hard to get a real read on what these teams are with the injuries of players that are still playing through injuries and then players that are also out. So, this is just a an absolute where do you get the value on the number? And it sounds like it's going one way pretty heavy, so that should kind of tell you um, where you're going. Now, it's still in that dead man's land, so we'll see what this line ends up at. But, you know, with, with Burrow and his finger, the offense, they had three, two or three starters missing last week, Cincinnati against the Chargers, and it showed. 
they could not run the ball at all against a terrible uh, Chargers rush defense. So we'll see if they get a couple of those players back on the offensive line. Debo may or may not play. Not sure yet. Fred Warner is out for them on San Francisco. And, of course, they're having all kinds of issues in the secondary. So, again, this is, uh, you know, I'll rely on the computers here, but I can't find anything on this one. Motivation-wise, there's really no edge. They both need they both need this win. So what do the computers say? Because I'm kind of – I'm kind of lost in no man's land with this one. Yeah, the computers are split. This is a complete pass for me. Um, this is one of those show me games. One of these teams is going to show me that they're going to try to compete for the playoffs, and the other one is going to start to fade into fucking. Uh, I think Mike Tyson called it Bolivian. They're going to fade <laughs> into the country of Bolivian. So that's where <laughs> okay. I'm at on that one. I'm not going to. All right, them. moving on. Those Tennessee Titans. Are hosting my Jacksonville Jaguars, and they are eight and a half point home favorites. Yeah, we got a new rule going forward on some of these um, shitty teams with these huge lines. If you show quit, if you show complete apathy out there on the football field, we are no longer taking you. We can no longer take you. So, you know, huge line, be damned. I don't give a fuck. I'm taking Tennessee until t- until Jacksonville can show anything. They, they look like, not only do they look like they don't want to play for the coach <laughs> completely, um, just not seeing anything out of this offense, not seeing anything out of the rookie quarterback. Uh, not that it's all his fault, but just, just we don't see anything. So I am completely out on these teams that are showing nothing. Um, so for me, it's Tennessee or pass. What do you got? Yeah, the numbers are actually split on this, which I'm shocked at. That's how fucking bad Jacksonville has gotten. Uh, And it is, to your point, the offense. The offense has shown no progression. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has shown no progression. Um, They had had the ball in the last game for a drive to go get us, you know, that backdoor cover. And they went four and out and did not make a first down, which is almost impossible to fucking do in 2021 in the NFL. In a two-minute situation, pretty much the defense gives you at least one or two first downs, especially when you need a touchdown, they which lost they by know 30. they had to have. Did what? They lost by 30. I don't think they ever had a backdoor situation. Was that not last week? What was last week? Maybe the week. Maybe it was the week before. But last week wasn't it last week they lost 37 to seven to the Rams. Or am, I, or am I off by a week? I can't keep up with the with know. the Jaguars' losses and. Fuck Jones. Yeah. Yeah, they fucking suck. Uh, let's see. What was last week? Since we're here, I'll look it up. Uh, yeah, never mind. They lost their ass last week. I, I, I was thinking, I think, the Atlanta game. Maybe, yeah, the Atlanta game. That's the game I was thinking of. Oh, Sorry. yeah. Yeah, they fucked us. The Atlanta game, they had a chance there, and uh, they totally just fucking went out and shit themselves. And yeah, last mm-hmm. week, they just fucking, they didn't even fucking show up, so... I'm with you on that. I'm just amazed that the numbers didn't fucking take with such a... But that, again, that's how bad they fucking been. So thank God that the numbers didn't take them. <laughs> I can easily fucking pass this game. Or you can lay the big number. The only thing that scares me laying the big number on Tennessee. They are coming off a bye. They're still missing, I don't know, their entire fucking offense. So we'll mm. see how that goes. But, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm passing that game for fucking sure. All right. All right, moving on. Your... Cleveland Browns are two and a half point home favorites hosting the Baltimore Ravens. 
Yeah, this this game is much like the Cincinnati San Francisco game to me, kind of the carbon copies of each other. It's all about health. Um, you know, Cleveland's coming off a bye, but they still got offensive line issues, and we know that Baker you can give you can give him a month off, and he's still going to be hurt. Um, so, and then on the other side, you got Baltimore dealing with with major injuries. They the the coach elected to go for two to win that game last week because he literally had no more secondary players to play and of course Humphreys is done for the year so ah I just don't man I'm just torn on this game I don't and they're dangling that two and a half there because uh, I don't think they really know what what which way they want to go so you know do you lean to the team coming off the coming off the bye um you know and and laying a short a short favorite here at home or do you to the lean to the team that's catching the points that coming off a huge loss man tough call i will say obviously this is going to be a rely on the computers game for me in a pass but i will say that since week five on pff lamar is the worst graded quarterback as far as the passing grade goes not not the overall grade but the passing grade so man and that's a long time that's not a short sample so you know he looks lost back there when he's trying to throw the ball I don't know what's I don't know exactly what's going on. They can't really run the ball, so I guess push come to shove. I'd have to cross my fingers and hope that coming off a bye in this spot that Cleveland is healthy enough to get this win. But man, I don't feel good about it. What do the computers say? Yeah, the numbers are split on this one. Uh, before the or after the bye, home favorites since 2014, 46%. So we got four of those this week. Uh, Ugh. And Tennessee was one of them. Carol, Cleveland's one of them. That's ATS. Uh, but here's what I will say. The numbers are split, but the bottom line is Cleveland is barely, barely an average football team in our power rankings. And Baltimore is and has been a below average football team in our power rankings all fucking season. They haven't been good. Not fucking yet. Not fucking yet. Uh, and I know everybody's like, oh, how could you say that? They Whatever their record is. Well, tell me what they do well, right? Baltimore is 19th in DVOA defense. They're 24th in DVOA offense. So if you want to tell me that we're fucking wrong, that they're not below average, well, then you're going to have to tell a lot more smart people with fucking numbers they're fucking wrong too. And if you get enough smart people lined up with fucking the same numbers... You're probably on the fucking wrong side if you're disagreeing with that's all I'm saying. Their record should not be what the record is. They should be a below 500 football team. That's the bottom line to it. The Mars play like crap for almost the whole season. Uh, like you said, they can't run the ball. They don't do anything particularly well on defense. Again, they're just not they're not a good football team. They are not a good football team. Now, some way, somehow, they have found ways to win games. Kudos to them for that. They made plays. And, you know, sometimes guys just make plays in NFL games. And it all does get computed into the numbers. But, again, at the end of the day, for the just like the post-game expected win percentage, I don't have that pulled up for NFL teams. But I guarantee fucking to you, I guarantee fucking to you, that Baltimore will be dead-ass last as compared to what their post-game expected win percentage is and what their fucking record is. It would be the biggest fucking gap in the entire fucking NFL. They're not a good football team. They've not been a good football team all year, yet somehow they keep fucking winning games. So again, like I said last week on the podcast, whatever, whatever church Lamar is going to on Sunday, 
whatever he's eating on Monday, I need to fucking figure it out, because, uh, buddy, we need some of that fucking good juju on this podcast, and with our fucking shit, because that kid is mm. got a, he's got a fucking horseshoe the size of fucking Texas up his fucking ass, and, um, you know what? I'd like to figure it out. I'd like to figure out whatever his fucking good juju he's got is going on. That's what I want to know. Well, just looking at their uh, different point differential in, in the division, they are only plus 22 on point differential for the season. Uh, that is second worst for anybody leading a division. And I think that, you know, Tennessee is the other one. They're you know, Baltimore's plus 22. Tennessee is plus 14. But I think Tennessee's about to get passed up pretty soon by Indianapolis, who is plus 88. So, you know... They're definitely one of the worst teams that are still leading a division as far as point differential goes. Um, so, but at yeah, least with Tennessee, uh, you've got a reason for the fade, right? They've lost their, their best player in Derrick Henry. They've been without one or two, if not both, of their fucking receivers. Like you've got, to, And yeah. their offense is what carried them to begin with. So you've got a reason for yeah. the fade on Tennessee. Baltimore has not been good from very start to right now. They have not been a good football team from week one so right now, they have not been a good football team, period. But yet they're still well, and, leading their division. And if Cincinnati wins and they go to 8-5 and five and, and Baltimore loses and goes to 8-5, and five, then, you know, they, they could be. And, and Cincinnati's plus 64 on point differential. So, you know, if you're going by that, they've had the better overall year based on just that one stat. Yeah, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, the way things are going for Baltimore, they'll make the playoffs just because they've won a lot of games they shouldn't have. And as you and I know, watching the NFL as long as we have, if you get enough of those, you know, big break, it's not even coin flips. Like, you fucking, the coin had two heads and somehow you still got it to fucking come up tails, which is what they've been doing. You you don't make those up in losses later at that kind of clip. So, I think they still probably sneak in the playoffs. But oh, as far as the team that's going to do anything, wait. they're not going to do shit. No, they won't do shit, but I cannot wait to like it's gonna be a clusterfuck down there for that last playoff spot with all the with the, the Chargers, the Tennessee, Cincy, Pittsburgh, Buffalo. Like it's gonna be a and Miami's coming up. Like it's gonna be a dog fight for those last spot or two for the playoffs in the AFC. So that'll be very fun to watch. Absolutely. fucking All right, we're gonna move on to Carolina. Well, those Panthers are two and a half on home favorites versus those Hotlanta Falcons. Yeah, I'll make this one real quick. Don't have a real strong uh, feeling on it, but I will lean to Atlanta. You got the offensive coordinator for Carolina was fired, uh, so he's obviously be, you know kind of the scapegoat for what's been going on there. We'll see. We'll see which way that plays out as the year goes on and into next year. Uh, but it just kind of feels like the wheels have come off for Carolina. They don't have. A, they can't find a quarterback. Obviously, something's going on with the offensive coordinator we don't know about. Uh, so, you know, I'll be on Atlanta with the points here. I'll probably put a little bit on the money line. It's, it's you know, kind of one of those games I'll sprinkle. It, it's, to me, these teams are pretty close. So, you know, uh, I'll take the veteran quarterback and hope he doesn't screw us like he did last week. Yeah, I'm on the opposite side on this one. Uh, I like Carolina. The numbers like Carolina. All right, the last time they played, Carolina won 19-13. And in that game... Atlanta was, and that was in Atlanta, a minus two and a half. So you flip home fields. That's worth four for now. So it should be Carolina minus one and a half. Carolina is getting the extra, 
is getting the extra point, which if you look at our power ranks from week eight to week Atlanta to this week, Atlanta has been downgraded a point, and Carolina is almost the exact same football team. And that was with Darnold throwing for 129 yards and zero touchdowns. Also in that game, Carolina did not have C-Mac, which they still don't. Atlanta has all of their same players as well. And in that game, Matt Ryan had a QBR of 32. Now, the narrative has been he's been playing better. Well, he did the very next week. He had a 93. But since then, he's had an 8, a 24, and a 23. Mm-hmm. And also in that game, Carolina outgained Atlanta by over 100 yards, almost all of that on the ground. Atlanta has the 21st-ranked rushing DVOA defense, so that's not going to change. And on the flip side of that, Carolina gives up the second-fewest yards in the league on defense. However, they still don't have very good point-per-yard defense rating because they suck at red zone defense. 28 at the league at opponent red zone touchdown percentage, but Atlanta sucks at scoring in the red zone. They rank 19th in that same category on offense. And Atlanta only ranks as the 20th-best team at red zone attempts so they get three per game they only score touchdowns of 58 percent so say one and a half carolina is basically the same on offense 2.8 and 56 percent respectively and atlanta's 25th in red zone touchdown percentage but the biggest rub is this atlanta's 26th in the league at opponents red zone scoring attempts at 3.8 per game while carolina is seventh best in the league at only 2.8 so basically they both score about the same clip, but Atlanta is giving up one more opportunity per game to Carolina because Carolina controls the ball by running it. They play pretty decent defense, number seven overall in DVOA. So as long as Carolina does not, I don't give a shit who's playing quarterback, as long as they don't turn the ball in this game, I see they win in this game. I see them winning it handily because they are the overall better football team. All right. All right, moving on. The Washington football people. Mm. are hosting those Dallas Cowboys and their four-point mm. home dogs. Yeah, this feels like the trap game of the week to me, uh, but I, you know, call me call me square, I guess. I'm taking the cheese. Uh, I am I am taking those home points there. I, that just looks too yummy to me. Uh, Washington has won and covered four straight, so this is absolutely the fucking square side to be on. Um, but you know what? Sometimes the square side wins, and it just when I watch when I watch Dak and Dallas and this offense, it's just something is not clicking the way it used to. And um, you know, when they get everybody back, maybe it'll start. Maybe it'll just change just like that, and and it'll go right back to what it was. But I need to see it first before I believe it. You got you got big time champion division championship. Uh, situation at stake here. Washington's right on their ass at a six and six record, eight and four for Dallas. So they get this win, and it's 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 pressure time in Dallas. And we've we have all seen how they deal with pressure going down to the stretch run um, in the past. So yeah, I just i i gotta be on i gotta be on Washington in the points here. Uh, I don't like that they lost their tight end Logan Thomas. That is a um, that's a big loss for them. They were they're not a great offense anyway, so they needed all the help they can get. But you know what? I'll take the points. I'll sprinkle a little bit on the money line as well. So go skins of red. Yeah, I don't have a big argument against you on this one. I I lean the other way, but um, the numbers are split on this one. And if you look at the Washington winning streak, the way they win football games is two. It's twofold. One, 
They win against teams uh, that do not stop them from running the ball. And they win when people drop Heineken interceptions. Now, Dallas is, I think, the best team in the league. Mm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that without even looking up, they're the best team in the league. Intercepting the ball because they got one guy that has more interceptions than, like, half the fucking league. Uh, and without Logan Thomas in there, man, they, their offense actually looked pretty good. Actually, it's the best I've seen it look all season. While he was playing with that guy out, that's really limiting for them. Um, and the bottom line to me on this one, though, is that Dak is, I believe, 8-1 and one versus the fucking football people in his career. Dak owns the NFC East. He literally owns the entire fucking division. He's got houses at all three fucking stadiums. He just walks in, gets the fucking concierge service, because they say, hello, Mr. Prescott, welcome fucking home. Because yeah. they, he just fucking dominates. He just I fucking know. dominates. Doesn't matter home or away. And as far as like grading this game for like home field advantage, there ain't one. There ain't one. Because the football team's fans don't show up. And Cowboy fans show up like fucking mad at that stadium. Especially when the Cowboys are winning, which they are. Uh, I don't. One thing I don't understand about this game, and it's kind of throwing me for a little bit of a loop is the fucking total being at 48. This is a notoriously slow and shitty fucking track in Washington, yeah. especially in December. And it's going to be 48 degrees and fucking raining. So I don't understand why we're expecting 50 points uh, in this game. I mean, I know Washington's defense isn't great. I know Dallas isn't the, you know, they're not the 85 Bears either. That's the only thing that's like... It's really kind of like, I don't understand why Vegas is expecting so many points. It's it's too high. Too high. If they get to that many Uh, points, then Dallas is covering. So, 100%. That's why I'm like, man, I don't don't understand. The the spread is right on the number. I mean, it's like half a point uh, in the power rankings leaning to Washington. So, I mean, it's right on the number. I don't understand that total, though. And it's kind of throwing me for a loop. It's, It's almost like... I'm smelling the trap here on the other side where this is a game where Dallas wins pretty handily. I think Washington just riding that that momentum. But again, you know, talk about quarterbacks with horseshoes up their asses. Uh, the Heineke kid, Heineken, whatever, whatever the fuck his name is, he's had a horseshoe up his ass for about the last month or so. So we'll see if he can keep that going uh and dallas is 19th dvoa against the run so they don't stop the run well and if gibson gets going and he doesn't fumble the ball which again is going to be raining and dallas they've shown they cannot run the ball i mean zeke's hurt obviously he's fucking hurt while he's while he's still on the field i'll never fucking know i saw a quote from day they'll have to drag me off the field well i'd get a fucking tractor or whatever it would take to drag that fat ass off the field, I'd drag him off the fucking field because he fucking sucks and he's hurting the goddamn team. I have no idea. I have no idea why he's playing. I have no idea why fucking Baker's playing. I have no idea why a lot of these players are fucking playing football right now. All you're doing is hurting your fucking team. And if these coaches don't have the fucking nutsack to stand up and take a goddamn player off the field, then I don't know what the fuck to tell him. Like, you fucking deserve what you fucking get. You deserve him going out there and fucking putting up six carries for fucking 13 yards and killing your fucking all. You fucking deserve it. You fucking every deserve team, it. Every team needs a $100 million fullback, though. So that's it's very important. <laughs> very important. 
All right, we're going to move on. Uh, we're going to go to Houston. Houston, Texas. Those Texans are catching seven and a half points at home versus the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I don't give a shit how many points they're catching at home. Same same theory as Jacksonville here. Uh, they have quit. Hey, t- Tyrod Taylor looked like he was high playing. He, he doesn't, I mean, I don't know what he was doing. They pulled him out. <laughs> They've pulled him out. They've gone to the other shitty quarterback situation they got. So, yeah, I'm fucking passing on this completely. It's, it's. It's it's uh, I mean I don't Seattle's not good enough to lay seven and a half on the road, coming off that big win. So and they got nothing to play for. So I'm not like I'm not like I'm pounding the table for them. But yeah, it's it's I can't I can't bet on Houston or Jacksonville anymore. Can't do it. Well, I fucking can. Yeah. I love Gross. Houston in this game. I don't love them, but what? anyway, I got a couple things. No. In Houston. I got a couple things. Calm down. First thing, since 2015, teams have been shut out in the NFL the very next week. They are 23-5 and against the spread. That's 81% that you will not see another trend like that in NFL fucking period. And they've got the flip-flop, which is the 70% cover versus not cover. They got two huge trends going for them and... The other thing yeah. is this is a sandwich spot for Seattle between divisional home games. Uh, if Seattle's even dreaming about doing anything, they're not no. going to be risking much or at least as little as they need to. Uh, and the bottom line is they're not a good football team. They're 16th in DVOA on offense, so average there, and 21st on defense. So right on that bottom third edge. Houston fucking sucks. But we all know they fucking suck. The market knows they suck. The public knows they fucking suck. They're 32nd on offense, and everyone is bailing on them just like you. But they are 10th in DVO and defense, and nobody realizes it because they can't score the fucking ball. And I don't like the signal that it gives that just kind of showing up on cutting their best fucking defensive player, right? But one of my favorite sayings in life is, if you can struggle with them, you can fucking struggle without them. Davis Mills. Who looks like he will get the start, and he fucking sucks too. But he's 2-1 ATS this year as a home dog. Tyrod 1-2 ATS this year as a home dog. And the bottom line is, Seattle is not 7.5 points better than fucking air. So it's either Houston or nothing for me on this one. Uh, well, I sh- sure. And I will say that I was a little wrong in saying they got nothing to play for because looking at the standings, in the NFC, with their four wins, um, there are only two back of several teams fighting for those wild card spots. It's unbelievable how bad some of these teams are. If you take out the four division leaders, that leaves three spots for the playoffs, and you know, two of them have six wins. So somehow yeah, they're still got, in the playoff they, hunt. They just want a big division game at home. They got another big division game coming up next week. They're on the road for one game against one shitty team. I'm sure they win the game for sure, yeah. but again, is Russell Wilson going to be risking his, you know, maimed up body throwing itself around? No, probably not. They're probably just going to fucking try to get in there, squeak out with a win and get the fuck out. And the total so on this game is 41 and a fucking half. So make him a teaser. Make him a teaser leg. Take him down to one and a half. 
All right, moving on to Denver, where those Broncos are hosting your... I mean, at this point, they might be my Detroit Lions for that fucking win. Oh, thank you so much. I've been making so much fun of them, such poetic justice. I've been making so much fun of them, and they fucking hit the fucking touchdown to win that money, baby. And they are eight-and-a-half-point road dogs. Yep, they are. And you know what? This game is a little dangerous, Bocephus. So I think to do this handicap, we got to make this the danger zone game of the week. All right, so on this game, I know everybody is wanting to fade Detroit. I even said it last week when I kind of called that victory. You know, haven't haven't tooted my own horn on that one yet, but I kind of did. Put it in the money line parlay and everything. So after oh, a did. after a did. after a win like that, you kind of want to fade. But in this situation, I'm not ready to fade this team yet. I, they're they're they've been fighting all year. They didn't just luck into that win. They they've been kind of flirting with a win all year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be on Detroit again. I'm gonna see if they can show that effort one more time. Not pick them to get a win, of course, but um, you know the I talked about this going into the season in the in the draft episodes about the two defensive tackles that Detroit drafted, uh, and along with Penny Sewell, I. I, I Kind of why I fell in love with this team. Kind of turned it around, at least drafting the right way in the offseason. And those two defensive tackles, the fat-ass uh, nose guard that they took from uh, South Carolina State, I think it was or NC State, South, South Carolina State, I can't remember. But he's playing, he's stuffing the shit out of the run. And the other kid, first rounder they took out of Washington, not even try to say his last name, it's one of those weird African names, not even going to do it. He's he's kind of filling into that three tech role. <laughs> we've, so we've already been through that exercise once this year. Yeah, we're not, yeah, we're not gonna do it again. But I boldly said in the um, in the preseason podcast that in a couple years Detroit is gonna have the best defensive tackle combination in the NFL, and they're starting to show a little bit. So all I said all that to point out that they're gonna be able to slow down this Denver rushing attack. Uh, and then on the other side of the ball, the short passing attack that um, that Detroit has with Golf, their little dink and dunk to the to the receivers, to the to the running backs, the screen game, and all that that matches up matches up well against what Denver does that two deep defense. So, bottom line, I don't see I don't see Denver scoring a whole lot in this game. Uh, you know, Teddy Teddy, <laughs> he looks high as fuck too out there. He doesn't know what he's doing. So in a in a low scoring game, and catching all these points, a team that's fighting, confidence is high. I'm gonna lean to Detroit here. Well, the numbers are split on this one, surprisingly enough again. But uh, it's another one of those games where that's just how bad Detroit is. Thank God they got me that win. And special shout out to our boy Anonymous St. Brown, uh, who is little brother to unanimous St. Brown, who we both have both an interest in in Green Bay. Anonymous and anonymous or no. unanimous and anonymous St. Brown, probably two of my favorite NFL players, maybe of all time. But anyway, um, yeah, my only 
thing to poke holes in your argument there with a couple things is Detroit's coming off a cover, Denver not. So 70% flip-flop against you. And, yep. yeah, Detroit's tackles have looked good, and you've obviously you were fucking all over that, but the key to Denver's offense is the outside gap run. They don't run up the middle. So Detroit is going to have to defend that instead of the up-the-middle thing, so it's not going to help them that much. And Detroit's defense total, DVOA is 28th. They suck fucking dick. Um, I have no idea how they won that game last week, but thank God they did. Uh, I hope... I hope to pray to all the gods they go win again uh, this week because our under on them is solidified and we need some fucking help, buddy, in that AFC West. So I hope you're fucking right. I hope you're more than right. I hope fucking Detroit goes and wins. I really fucking do. That would be be spectacular. That would be spectacular. Um, But, like I said, the numbers are split. The Power Rangers does have Denver covering this game. Not by much, by about a half a point. So, you know, it's 100% a coin flip. Could go either way. Uh, fuck it. Go lines. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Those LA Superchargers. They're laying 10 points at home versus those New York football Giants. Yeah, you know what? Of course I'm on the Giants here. You know, big ass number. Going out to L.A., L.A. coming off that big, huge win. L.A. has not shown that they can handle coming off a win this year. Uh, I mean, they did they did at the beginning of the year, but since then it's been a lot of up and down. Um, now, I don't like the fact that I, I heard that this might be a, a Fromm. Is it Jeff Fromm? What's the quarterback? Jake from, from State Fromm. Jake. Jake from might be a Jake, Jake from, from State from that's his name. Oh, uh, this is, but you know what? How much worse can he be than the fucking other dude they had in there, the fucking long neck dude? So, um, I'm on New York here. It's ugly as fuck, but you know that's how you win in the NFL usually. So New York does have a a good pass rush, so they should be able to take advantage of at least the right side of that shitty charger offensive line and you know what last week that huge giant win was a fugazi like if you i mean if you watch that it it they didn't really beat the Bengals as bad as what it looked like on the final score so um and then also you got some covid situations coming in on the chargers it it's trickling in a little bit for them so we'll see what that ends up on but yeah as of right now time of this recording i'm on the giants Ugh. Yeah, it's gross. I know. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not putting money on Jake from State from. Sorry. Um, again, another game that, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, we need, the, we really need the Giants to actually win this game. No, we got an under ticket on them as well, but I feel pretty good about that. Uh, we need some help, but this was a scheduled win for the Chargers, so nah, not really. I mean. The total's 43, and the spread's fucking 10, so... Yeah, I don't think they can win, look but... look more I to mean. you. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm not apt to, this late in the season, betting on quarterbacks that have not started <laughs> ever. I don't know that... Has he ever started a football game in the NFL? Ever? I couldn't tell you. I don't think so. Yeah, so, not... Not rushing to put my money down on that, for sure. Now, of course, if it was 
uh, fucking Danny Dimes out there, yeah, one hundred percent, I'll be with you. And then well, yeah, it sure wouldn't be would ten be points. You. It wouldn't be ten points with him either. No, but it'd probably still be five. Um, well, yeah, maybe a little bit more than that. But either way, let me just look at it real quick. Where is this game at? It's in LA. Yeah, if if it was if it was five, if, even if it was five, the Giants would have value. So, yeah, at fucking ten, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. There could there could be you know the surprise, the unknown, like you said, Chargers coming off a huge win. So I can see the letdown spot here. I like your situational handicap. Just at this point in the year, betting on a quarterback I've never seen play before, ever in life in the NFL, I'm I'm not just running, just not going to run to do it. No, I don't. All want right, to moving on. Tampa Bay, was Tampa Brady, soon to be mm. MVP at 44 goddamn years old. They're laying three and a half now. Consensus to Buffalo. Yeah, this. Oh, three and a half. Well, at three and a half, I actually have a. I got to lean to Buffalo if it's at three and a half. When I wrote this, it was at three. So. At three and a half, I got a soft lean to Buffalo. Um, you know, like, Buffalo can't run the ball, but nobody can run against Tampa Bay anyway. So, actually, I think this lines up to their strength. They're just going to throw it around uh, in, a, in a good weather situation like they had last week. Uh, against a Tampa Bay defense that's, that's still dealing with some injuries and some, some overall bad play on that back end. Now, on the other side, I fully expect – Tom to take advantage of this uh, Buffalo defense who lost their best secondary player a couple weeks ago. So, you know, it, honestly, I think the over might be a great play in this game. You could see both teams getting close to 30 in this one. So at I think it'll be a competitive close game. They're both, uh, or excuse me, they're not both, but Buffalo is desperate they're going to be for sure the desperate team here. Uh, Tampa Bay's got that division basically wrapped up already. Um, so, but they're not really a team that has a letdown. So I expect them to certainly score and do their thing. Um, lean to the over. Lean to Buffalo at three and a half. And um, yeah, it just other than that, I don't really see anything else. What do the computers say? Well, the computers are on Buffalo, and you got the bounce back. Hmm. Game here, 70% again. Teams cover versus not cover. Uh, Buffalo, to me, has become probably the easiest team to handicap in the whole league now after I dug into them. Every single one of their losses outside of the open season opener to Pitts, which, you know, season openers, you pretty much throw those out, has come against a team that is average or better at rushing yards per game. Because if you can run it and you're committed to running it, Buffalo will let you do it. And you can keep their offense off the field. Well, t- Tampa Bay ranks 25th in the league at that. In Buffalo's wins, they have beaten Miami twice. They rank 31st. The football team, that's the only outlier. They're ninth, but they only gave up 21 to that team that averages. But they, sorry, they gave up 21 to that team that averaged 19 a game. So they did win, but they also gave up more than what the football team normally scores. They also beat Houston 32nd, KC 19th, the Jets 30th, New Orleans who is 14th, but in that game they were without Kamaro and Ingram. So, got to discount that a little bit. 
So Buffalo has the matchup edge. They need to win this game on both sides of the ball because Tampa Bay's two worst losses came from New Orleans and the Rams, who are 11th and 12th in passing DVOA defense. Buffalo's the number one NFL passing DVOA defense. I know they did lose their best player, mm. but they're still number one. The closest thing Tampa Bay has seen to that was New England, who's number two. And in that defense, Tommy struggled mightily. They scored 19 points. And I, be- and I believe that's the only game all season he did not have a passing touchdown. I really, really like the fucking Bills to go win this game, actually, on Sunday. Oh, okay, I like it. All right, moving on. We're going to Sunday night football. Those Green Bay Packers. Man, did you whiff on them. They're 12 and a half point home favorites. Versus the Chicago Bears. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I'm gonna whiff a lot, but I don't care. I'll still, I'm still gonna throw out. <laughs> I'm still gonna throw out what I think preseason. I am not afraid. Uh, I didn't even do it right up on this one. I just couldn't force myself to do it. I've, I've got. It still just says Chicago slash Green Bay dot dot dot. Nothing behind it. So uh, no write up. Uh, Green Bay is gonna kill them. I can't stand. I'm done with Chicago. I'm done with that team. They're dealing with all kinds of injuries still on offense and, and defense, actually. Uh, Aaron Rodgers owns this team. Why would I? I'm not even going to overthink it. I know it goes against what we do taking the taking the taking um, with the big spreads. But, yeah, I'm just I'm fucking done with these teams. Like, Chicago, they're just – you're a loser. You're a loser. So they find ways to lose. I'm done with them. All right, well, I'm not quite done with them. Uh, I'll give you a little few things here. Uh, again, Green Bay is home field favorite after a bye, 46% since 2014. Uh, the number in the last game was Chicago plus 5.5 at home. So if you give Chicago 2 for home, we still give Green Bay 3 for home field, so that makes it 10.5 You flip the fields. And Chicago had fields, who is... By anybody's rank is one and a half to two point downgrade from Dalton. Fields actually right now is as an at below average backup, which is right about zero points. And Andy is a below average starter, around one and a half to two points. So all that seems fair. So the value is definitely here on Chicago. The problem with that is Green Bay is nine and three ATS. Their only losses against the spread also being their only losses straight up. So they either win and cover. Or they lose. And Chicago is not winning this football game. But the only real loss the Green Bay has had, if you throw out game one, which again, at this point, you kind of have to, especially when they lost three to 34 and Rodgers threw four picks. Where the fuck? That obviously wasn't this team. And you have to throw out the KC game because Rodgers didn't play. I think that's fair enough. And they still, you know, they were win one score. But if you throw out those two, their only loss was to Minnesota. And in that game, Rodgers threw for 350 yards and four touchdowns, but they could not run the ball. And Minnesota's 29th against the run. Well, Chicago's 18th. And in fact, if you look at Green Bay's five lowest scoring games this season, 25 points or less, because they've got a great offense, they faced the top 18 rushing defenses in every single one of those games in their five uh, lowest scoring, including Chicago. So I think the Bears have 
a better than average chance to cover this. But, as Aaron Rodgers reminded every Bears fan in the last meeting, I own you! I've owned you my whole fucking life! That's right. So, I do lean to the Bears. They do have an avenue to cover this game for sure. Um, Green Bay's gonna, I mean, they're gonna win. How comfortably they win, we'll see, but... Yeah, I, I I do definitely lean bears here. All right. All right, moving on to the Monday night football. It's Arizona. And the fighting circus midgets are back in full swing, baby. All five tenths going, and they're two and a half point home favorites versus the LA Rams. Yes, they are, and finally. Finally, I get to hit that sounder. Yeah, I'm I'm on the Rams here, man. This is a revenge game. LA is the more desperate team. They're needing a good win against a good opponent. So fucking bad. I am. Arizona is. Call it stubbornness, I guess. I'm sorry. They are just. I cannot get it in my head that they're as good as what their record is. I don't believe they are. Um, they got a horse. You talk about horseshoe up your ass. That's fucking Arizona with the. I swear to God, you watch every game. They get every bounce every time the ball hits the ground. They get the bounce going their way, whether they're on offense or defense. It's unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I like I like LA with the points. I like LA on the money line. I like LA every which way you can do it. So. I don't, what do the computers say? It's not going to change change my mind. But what do they say? Uh, let me get back to it. So I was looking up their power rankings on how good they are. Uh, it's it's a split on this one. Um, which is telling. As I was looking at the power rankings, Arizona is. I was doing a quick scan. I think about the third best team in our power rankings in the entire NFL. I think that's right. Yeah. Third best team. Entire NFL in our power ranking. So they're pretty fucking good. They are pretty fucking good. Uh, but you know what? Some of that has to do with the fact that they do get every bounce. But guess who's number four in our power rankings? That's the Rams. So I support you here uh, 100%. Like I said the numbers are split on that uh, because some of the algorithms really, really, really love Arizona, and that's the reason why it is split. The bottom line for Arizona is their offense efficiency is fucking off the charts. Um, man, they just, it doesn't take them that much effort to score the ball. The Rams, you know, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Early in the year, it wasn't. Now it is. You've seen that with the fall off on uh, Stafford's numbers, uh, which I warned everybody about. I think it was like through week seven or eight. His numbers were exact same as Jared Goff's on the year they ran to the Super Bowl, which means he was not going to be the MVP. And, you know, probably the regression was coming. It's came. And, but I think they've settled in now to who they are. And I think who they are is a good enough team to go win this game. I'm with you on that. Uh, And the power rankings do uh, overall grade it out as a one point victory against the spread for the Rams. So one point edge to the Rams there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like the spot. I like I like your handicap there, 
and Arizona has been getting a lot of the bounce. But man, it it's it's not even Arizona. It's their offense efficient, but their defense has actually been pretty damn good, uh, and that's been kind of the key to this coach, bro. Him keeping his fucking job, first of all, because he was destined to fucking get fired because their offense was sinking last year mightily. Uh, but, man, their defense has kept them afloat while they didn't have Collar around. And you know what? Collar came back last week. We said, ah, first week back, rusty, hangover. Nah, fuck all that. We're just going to go kick some fucking ass. And that's what they fucking did. It's, now they're coming it, home against a real opponent, and we'll see what fucking happens. But I like your handicap. It's so wild, too, because, like, the power rankings are so different uh, for for um, PFF versus what most people have Arizona like uh, PFF's power rankings are the outlier for Arizona they got them down at 18 with a 10 and 2 record it's just it's and I don't know if it's if they completely take out all these luck plays I don't know but you know like they're and and they're worst rated uh, unit when you when you break down the units for Arizona is their rush defense. So you know if if the Rams can get that running game going, ah, there, there's a path to victory for the Rams. I mean, like it's 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 not crazy, and they're only two games back of Arizona in the standing, so they could certainly make it interesting with a win here, or at least put a little bit of pressure on, much like the Redskins with the Cowboys. But you know, we shall see. Yeah, and I like I like that too that the Rams like we've seen the coach bro fade. We saw it in fucking uh, Texas Tech. You know we've <laughs> yeah. kinda, been kind of waiting for it, and honestly, it started a little earlier last year, obviously, but there's still time. We still got you know another there's five time. weeks of football there left to go. Time. There's still time, plenty of time. Uh, but if Kyler's healthy, and that was the thing last year, Kyler really wasn't it. But if he's healthy. You know, he is going to give that Rams defense some fits for sure. Um, but we'll see. But, yeah, I do like I, – I like the Rams winning this game. I do like that. All right. All right, boys and girls, that was all the wins coming to the air tonight, baby. All right, boys and girls, it's time you all have been waiting for. It's time for those free SF free picks of the week. Longhorn, hit them with that NFL free pick of the week. Yeah, and if there was a saving grace from last week, it was certainly the five-team Moneyline Parlay that I put out last week. It fell one game short, but it was the Monday night game. And if you've learned anything from, from us over the years, when you make it to that last game, you absolutely hedge out. And just real quick, Bo Sevis, let me explain what the last week's situation. So we hit the first four games on the money line parlay. The last pick was Buffalo on the money line. It's the perfect situation to hedge out because what you can do is you can take you can take 50-60% worth of a hedge. You can put it on New England plus three. And the reason you would hedge that way is because then you've got a chance to middle and win both. New England, if Buffalo would have won by one or two points, then you, then you cash in the 41 to one on that side. And then obviously you'd catch the, the plus three with New England on the other side and really bust them up. So, um, 
like I've always said, if you get to the last leg of these huge parlays, there are so many opportunities to hedge out and make lots of money. Uh, and hopefully we can do it again with this five team money line, par- money line parlay that I built. It's not as good. Like I don't, I don't like this one as much as I liked last week's. Um, but you know, sometimes, sometimes that's just the way it is. It's a tough slate this week with the dogs, which you need to have in these money line parlays to really get the good payout. So the one I built, I took Cincinnati on the money line. I took Tennessee on the money line. I went ahead and rolled with those Cleveland Browns coming off the bye. Uh, just a good spot for them against Baltimore. I went ahead and put your Buffalo Bills in there since, since you liked them against uh, Tampa. Good, good matchup spot for them. And then of course, again, finished it off with a Monday night game, the LA Rams, uh, on Monday night against the Cardinals. So once again, Cincinnati, Tennessee, Cleveland, Buffalo and finish it off on Monday night with the LA Rams and that pays 22 to one. So not quite the 41 like we had last week, but we will take the 22 to one for sure. What do you got over there? Yeah, boys and girls, do not forget to hedge that last fucking leg, baby. That is fucking gold in your pockets. All right. My free pick is going to be on the only college football game this week. Army, Navy, the total is 34. Hmm. Now, this game has went under 15 years in a row. <laughs> However, at this total, the over would be 8-6-1. Army's actually a good football team this year, and they can throw it actually from time to time. They have one of the highest, um, I forget what they call it, but I forget the name of the stat off the top of my head. Anyway, basically it's effective passing, uh, Gray completion. They throw basically for the most yards per attempt of one of the, any teams, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, they're really good at throwing the ball when they have to throw it or when they choose to throw it. So this time, this is actually a smash spot for me over the 34. Over 34. In fact, mm. I'm predicting Army actually puts this game at a push by themselves. 34 to 3. Final score. So as a matter of fact, boys and girls, Second free pick, take Army minus the seven and a half, take the over 34 in a two lane, two game parlay, bet them both single, win all three fucking bets, just fucking do the fucking money dance. But don't watch this game unless you're, you know, part of the Army or part of the Naval Academy or you just, you love fucking, you know, American uh, military forces, then definitely watch it, but as for me and myself, I will fucking be doing something else. <laughs> yeah, well, I would say also if you're going to do that, then take the team total for Army over. Also, if you're going to if you're going to go that way, it's twenty one and a half. There you, by the way. Four fucking bets, four. I promised you one. <laughs> we just delivered four. You greedy fucks, <laughs> and you have the nerve to fucking email us shitty things. Get the oh, fuck out man. of my face, Longhorn. Tell them about that fabulous website one more time. Actually, all those dirty emails are fully warranted this year, so keep them coming. Keep, keep <laughs> those coming. All right, you Glorio Seekers, that's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our social media so people stop. 
being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both see us as always in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. God damn it, people never pay a bookie again. Steve, it's time to take us out, baby.